On this episode of the podcast, Westover tells us the tale of what happens when a GM is running a dynasty, so he attempts to hoard talent in international waters. Getting greedy. I didn't even know one could do that. That sounds awesome. Well, it's another one of those. Is this like baseball situation? Hoarding the international pool? No, no, no. It's a similar tactic you guys will be familiar with. Kidnapping. The draft and stash. Oh, like no. 2K. Like 2K. No, like 2K. Okay. Were that the little numbers I saw? Uh-huh. And you're like, ooh, you're like 14 now, but just you wait. <laughs> Gross. Oh. Climb that sofa and loosen that tie, because this is mismanaged. <laughs> no, it's not. Welcome to Mismanaged, a podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sweezy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. This week, we are discussing some NBA history. Warning to any and all San Antonio Spurs fans, you may want to cover your ears or just keep practicing those fundamentals, champ. Can't go wrong. Free throws. Free throws. It's all about the beef. Where is it? What is it? Oh, no. Balance. Elbow. elbow. Eyes. Eyes. I thought it was eyes Eyes, first. elbow? Eyes, elbow. You should eyes. look before you elbow. You I've always said No, that. I elbow my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just fancy. <laughs> fancy. Fancy. You want to put some flourish on Ooh, it. Oh, yeah. Which is basically follow through. A little flourish. But, uh, yeah, what's over? Deal it up smooth. Oh, we have to listen to West over this time. No, no, it's great for jokes. Ah, oh, nice. Oh, no. Ooh, yes. <laughs> so this week, I decided to give myself a challenge as being the least knowledgeable basketball fan amongst the three of us. And I chose a team that's known for being a solid franchise for at least the last 25 years and went looking for a chink in the armor. I reached out to my buddy David and said, you're a Spurs fan. Where have they misstepped? Where's the skeletons in the closet? And, uh... After looking through, I found a weird common reoccurrence with the current CEO, R.C. Buford, hmm. during his time as GM of the San Antonio Spurs. Well, I just like how you say you're like the least knowledgeable, and then you're like, I'm going to pick the most fundamentally sound franchise mm-hmm. and make it real hard on myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I respect it. It was fun. But to start, we're going to travel back to the year 1994. Good year. Mm. Where was it? It was. Was that the year we were born? Yeah. Hey. That's cute. (laughs) Once again, the Pittsburgh fan. All about him. Yep. Where the general manager, Greg Popovich, hired R.C. Buford as the head scout. Then in 97, he was promoted to director of scouting, and that was the year of the sure thing. The 97 draft didn't appear to be loaded with a lot of talent overall from the scouting perspective, but there was the general consensus of the best talent in the draft was Tim Duncan, the big fundamental himself. Never heard of him. Uh, You mean the Admiral, David (laughs) T. R. H. Robinson. Well, we know now the 97 draft also had Tracy McGrady, Chauncey Billups, Keith Van Horn, and Steven Jackson, who all played at high levels throughout their career for a long time. Mr. Big Shot. Mr. Big Shot. Detroit. See, I don't mind when Austin does it, but if Westover had somehow interrupted with something Pittsburgh-related, I would have reamed him for it. Well, it's good news. We don't have an NBA team. Well, I'm a fan of shitty franchises, (laughs) so mostly when I cheer, people are like, Oh, Oh, buddy. buddy. Yeah. 
someday you'll be relevant. <laughs> Moving on. But Duncan was the consensus number one. Buford was also responsible for drafting an, a relatively unknown European player in 1999 named Manu Ginobili, Manu. who, when Tim was told about the pick, he replied, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> what are you doing? But you will learn. But Manu wouldn't even be joining the Spurs immediately as he was playing international ball and would be playing through the rest of his contract first, which still worked out anyways because 99 is the first year of Duncan's five championships with the Spurs. In 99, Buford was also promoted to assistant GM, where he had the influence of drafting another relatively unknown uh, French player named Tony Parker oh, Tony in Parker. 2001. These seem all like really positive yeah. things. Like, he sounds like a guy that started off in the lowest level of the franchise and has worked his way up to a pretty significant role and is getting all the best players of this dynasty. He's doing a good job so far. Okay. We'll get okay, there. I thought you said this was a challenge, Westover. Before 2002, <laughs> Buford was promoted to the G- to G- actual GM of the Spurs. Get out, Popovich. We don't want you anymore. Uh, I think he just moved to head coach. I think before that. Oh, yeah. No, no he had been, been head coach and while, GM for a while. Yeah. But, oh, Greg. <laughs> Gen- oh, Greg. Not that one. <laughs> Ginobili's contract in Italy was up, and he was a free agent. And Buford already had him lo- ready, like to sign him to a multi-year deal. Now, with full draft control, Buford prepared for the 2002 draft. While he had three picks, traded the first away, and with one of the seconds, uh, and traded the first pi- first round pick and mm-hmm. one of the seconds, mm-hmm. leaving him with a new draft and stash prospect, Luis Stola. Fellow Argentinian and friend to Manu Ginobili, Strola was under contract with the Spanish team Stasi Basconia, mm-hmm. where Strola was very successful, winning every Spanish league title, three Euro League finals. Nice. Wait, wait. Every Spanish league title? Yes. The, of the possible ones, I think there was like five or six. Oh, okay. And he won all of them. So like the Bill Russell combination. <laughs> kind of. In I, a no way. disrespect to Bill Russell, but they were like, Six teams, my guy. Can we calm down on the whole? Bill Russell has 11 championships. I'm like, okay, like, so would LeBron and Michael Jordan if there were, you know, a quarter of the teams in the league. <laughs> Sorry, it's a pet peeve of mine. No disrespect once again. Well, well Bill, if you want to write in and tell us how disrespected you feel by Austin, that's, I mean, that's fair. We'll read it on the air. See, Bill Russell's super old, and I still think he could kick my ass. Yeah, no, yes. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> When Stola finally made it to the NBA in 2007, five years after he'd been drafted, he uh, placed third in Rookie of the Year voting and played 10 years for five different teams. The Rockets, the Suns, the Raptors, the Pacers, and the Nets. So not the Spurs. But no Spurs. Because Buford felt that Stola was more committed to playing in Europe, and in 2005 he attempted to negotiate a buyout of Stola's contract to bring him to the Spurs. Bastonia tried to get the Spurs to pay him, pay them $15 million to buy out the contract. Seems like a lot. They settled at three. (laughs) Ah, the Julius Irving package. (laughs) Good negotiation. (laughs) But due to an NBA rule limiting teams to only being able to spend $500,000 in buyouts on international contracts, it meant that Stola would have to pay $2.5 million if he wanted to come to the NBA. Mm -hmm. And he decided... No, I'm going to keep the money and keep playing here for a little bit. 
which led to the Spurs ending up signing one of Scola's friends, Fabrizio Alberto. Mm. Yes. Betrayal. I love Fabrizio Alberto, <laughs> the founder of air fresheners. <laughs> Fabrizio. Fabrizio. It's, um, what's the jingle? It doesn't matter. It's not about that. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so Buford just assumed that Strola was just going to maintain interest in playing in Europe for a while. <laughs> and he kept this draft rights until 2007. And where they eventually just packaged it away and was like, sent it away to division rival Houston. Send him away because from me. I do Charlie... not want him anymore. <laughs> get, you, get out of he's here. He's been too long in Europe. Away. There's a lot of, like, white fanging that happens mm-hmm. in these GM stories. <laughs> like, we don't want you no more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we spent this pick on you, but we don't want you anymore. You are willing to spend $2.5 million to move here. We don't. You're not worth our time then. Oh. Well, Poor buddies. They, he traded him just assuming, because surely he's been playing in Europe and is happy there. Immediately, <laughs> He'll never come to America. <laughs> immediately after the trade, Scola bought out his contract with Bastonia paying $3.5 million and signed a three-year deal with Houston. What a dick. He just, like, liked Houston more than... Wait, what year was this? 2007. 2007. Is Yao still there in 07? I don't think... I would be very... I don't don't think think McGrady and Yao are even there anymore. So maybe he's like, now's my time to be the star. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, Stoll is huge and is still playing professional ball at 40. In Argentina. He's, there oh, we go. Okay. Yeah. He's no Udonis Haslam, mm. who has somehow Still carved out a he roster play... spot on the Heat. Yep. Forever. You forget he's there. Yep. But he... Oh, for sure. Ugh. Stola ended up placing third in Rookie of the Year voting and was an NBA All-Rookie first team. At this time, he was like 27, like yeah. playing for a while, already very The oldest rookie you'll ever <laughs> yeah. see. So, like, no doubt he was going up against these 20-year-olds in yeah. life. Just bodying them. because I am have the body of a man. Strola's <laughs> seven foot, too. I finished growing. He's no Tiago splitter. No. But in the Strola trade, Buford acquired Greek player Vasilis Spanelis and a 2009 second-round pick that would turn into Frenchman Nando DiColo. There's a lot of Europeans A lot of Europe and a lot of names I don't even remotely no, know. They're not ringing any bells at all. Which doesn't well, well. That's because Spanelis would never play for the Spurs, and DiColo played two seasons for the Spurs, not consecutively. Mm-hmm. Played for them, went to another team, I think Toronto, and then came Toronto! back. Uh, well, he just want he the going from Europe to Texas was too much of a culture shock. Uh-huh. He's like, okay, guys, give me some time. Let me go to Canada, which is the Europe, Europe of North America, mm-hmm. yep. and then slide in to Texas. This will make way more sense to me. Yeah. The French. <laughs> and even no, during... Quebec. Well, yeah, mm, well Toronto is close enough to Quebec. Or it's is Canada. It, yep. it's, as it's in the same than, country. <laughs> it's closer than any other Canadian basketball franchise. Ooh. Fair. Sorry, Vancouver. Oh, you know. hot take. That's not a hot take. <laughs> Grizzly should go back to Vancouver. Yep, get him oh, back there. Yeah. Memphis. Gross. Even during the contract issues with Stola, Buford was sticking to his guns with the draft and stash international talent in his drafting strategy. Because also at this time, the Spurs were the beginning of their dynasty. No, they were really good. So he's like, I'm just going to take some shots here. In 2004, he used a second-round pick on Sergei Karolov, 
Serdar never played in the NBA and is still on his 13th season playing for several European teams during his career. Buford would even go on to sign international players like Rasho Nesterovic uh, to a six-year, $42 million deal coming off a season of only averaging 11.2 points and six rebounds per game, which wait, for wait. the rest of his career would decline after that. So he averaged that not in the NBA? No, he, he averaged that with oh, okay. uh, Minnesota. Okay. And he's like, yes, six years, $40 million. We're just going to sign you. You're going to be here. And then they traded him after two years. That sounds about right. You got to get rid of the contract at that point. Yeah. I mean, it's not a horrible contract, but the fact that it's a six year contract, yes. you're like, <laughs> and it's not like it's a small contract mm. either. It's like well above the mid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's a choice. He just really loves these uh, Europeans. Oh, he does. In 2007, he drafted center slash power forward Tiago Splitter. Mm. Love that guy. That's a good move. It is, but he wouldn't join the Spurs until 2010. Because the contract in, that he signed for his team in Europe was too expensive and wouldn't fit on the NBA's rookie scale. So he wouldn't, like, the money he was making there wouldn't he would over-qualify him in yeah, the rookie scale. Okay, because he has to make the same contract. Because, because the he's same a contract comes over, mm-hmm. but then it would be too... Okay, I got you. You think, though... Okay, so this is weird to me. How has he not learned the rules? Since this right. is like his thing. Yeah. You'd think he's established he'd himself be as an the expert guy this. who gets the European, gets European player. players you'd and then keeps he... them over there for years and years and years. You'd think he'd get really well versed. You, in... You'd think he'd like, you know, send a text over to Splitter and be like, hey, don't sign a contract for that large of money. You'll make more over here. Just a little patience. We'll bring you over here, big guy. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, Splitter. RC will take care of you. Master Splitter. <laughs> So, as we know, t- the acquisition of Tiago Splitter was good for the Spurs as it, ha- as it was a key piece in them winning in 2014, which immediately afterwards they traded him away in 2015 for Giorgios Princensis and a 2017 second-round pitch pick, which was protected but didn't meet the requirements, so they never ended up getting that pick. So just a Giorgios? Yes. Giorgios was a former draft pick of the Spurs, who was traded on draft <laughs> night for a pitch that ended up being Goran Dragic, who Ooh. was drafted and traded two days later also by the Spurs. Dragic. A European who's very good. They didn't need a point guard, though. I'm sure they still had Tony Parker at this point. He played forever. Yes. Yeah, but, like, at the same time, don't you need solid backups? Nope. Is that the problem with a lot of the contending teams right now in this season? Nope. It's like everyone needs another needs point depth. guard. <laughs> nope. That's why D. Rose is such a hot commodity. Now, Giorgios. I'd take him. His draft rights have been traded eight times in his career in the NBA. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why'd you put his career in quotes like that? Because he hasn't left Greece yet. Okay, but he's sense. still there. Maybe his flight's held up. When that country went bankrupt, yes. it really, it really affected Georgia. The logistics of it. They were like, we, we sold all our planes. Sorry. It's like those uh, those all those stories you hear about like the remote South Pacific islands where they'll find yes. people that still think it's World War II. Uh-huh. <laughs> Georgios, he still thinks it's years ago. And he's just trying to get on his flight. It's, it's time for me to make my NBA debut. Oh, we're in the peak Spurs dynasty. <laughs> Which, they are in peak Spurs dynasty. So, 2011... 
Buford spent a second round pick on Hungarian Adam Honga, who since being drafted by the Spurs. <laughs> I think that's Adam Westover. Adam Honga. <laughs> multiple. Um, oh, I can't remember the word. The umlaut. No, not umlauts, but umlauts. All right, let's all just guess until we get there. Last. Accentios. Sure. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Oscar got it in one. That's always, not fair, Westover. Always do. <laughs> Since he was drafted in 2011, he has signed multiple contracts, been on loan between Italian and Spanish leagues, and recently signed an extension, keeping him in Europe till 2023. 20, so this guy just likes to sign contracts. <laughs> he just put documents in front of him, and he's like, yes. He's like, yes. oh, yep. Nope. I'll agree to anything. <laughs> he just sits behind a huge desk. And he's like, I can't. I'm very busy, man. Business, business, business. Let's get right into the Spurs account. <laughs> Wait, so he was drafted in 2011, and yeah. he's still going to be playing in Europe until 2023? Yes. He... That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I know. How old is this guy? When he becomes a free agent, he'd be 33. The perfect, right in his prime. Right in the sweet spot. If we're talking about just as a human being, <laughs> sure, maybe. I don't know the science, but as a basketball player, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, no. Mm-hmm. How you say in your country, no. Mm-hmm. Another downside to Buford's strategy of draft and stash was the risk of injury and the wear and tear of playing professionally outside of the NBA. For example, when Manu Ginobili joined the league, he started off slowly as he adjusted to the speed of the NBA and... He was dealing with a pre-existing ankle injury. And he was balding, so... Yeah, from the get. I think that actually increased his powers. That's fair. I do like old Manu. You should be better than young Manu. Oh, one of my favorite Manu moments is late Manu, where he's like the only one left. <laughs> I think Tony Parker a bit... No, maybe Tony Parker's still there. Maybe I he was Tony, gone. Yeah. But where he blocked Charlotte. James Harden yeah, from yeah. behind. Mm-hmm. Like the three... Oh, full power Manu. <laughs> 2005 pick. Mentals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, let your man get by you so you're behind him. Blocking. You'll never, never see, see it. It's the old trick they teach you in Argentina. It's like fake a knee injury and then turn around and get him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what Rondo used to do when he was a Celtic. Is he would like let guys blast by him like going into the paint. And then he'd do this like reach around, just poke the uh-huh. ball out and hope one of his teammates. <laughs> He's like, somebody it. will get there. Yeah, it was the weirdest stretch. It worked. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> and we hate him for it. Yeah, it's fine. Right 2000... Do you have more of the story? I do. Okay. In 2005, their draft pick Ian Mahinmi played only 32 games. Ian in three... Mahinmi? Of Washington Wizards fame? Correct. When he was originally drafted by the Spurs. Yeah. But he only played 32 games in a span of three years, missing an entire year due to an ankle injury. 2013, they drafted Livio Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Who tore his ACL a month later, costing him development time, and eventually he never ended up playing a regular season game for the Spurs. But if he didn't tear that ACL, he would have been the MVP that season. I this heard is... he was the LeBron of whatever nation he came from. <laughs> yep. It's true. <laughs> the LeBron and Michael Jordan packaged together. Oh, uh, the Tiger Woods combo. Mm-hmm. We all know of Davis Bertans. Yes. yes. Tore his ACL twice in 2013 and 15. Those things are easy to tear, okay? Yeah, but okay. he's like, okay, though. He, he is. He's good at shooting. He's contributed. When he was a Spur, he was very streaky, getting reassigned to the Austin Spurs several times, only showing flashes of brilliance, which 
led him to being traded away to the Wizards, where he's playing much better. Where all unloved things go. The Washington Wizards. Wizards. So Ernie. But Buford's most recent draft and stash attempt came in 2015, where he used the 26th overall pick to draft 20-year-old Nikola Mulitanov. Ooh, I thought you were about to say Vucevic. I'm like, that sounds wrong, and that's good. But it wasn't. (laughs) Now, the Spurs expected him to finish his contract in Greece as he would continue to develop. But then he signed another contract showing that he probably has no intention of signing with the Spurs because he's going to play in Moscow until he's 28, and the contract specifically has no NBA outs in it. Moscow is kind of cool, though. I'd love to live in Moscow until I'm 28. Don't frown at me. It'd be a great place to live. It's no St. Petersburg. Nothing is. Ooh. Crack Crack one open right there. It was a nice one. Ying, rip it. The the matador of beers. Sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) While Buford has led the lead amongst GMs looking to harness the draft and strash technique, what was that? Draft and stash. Draft and trash. Draft and snatch. You draft, <laughs> you draft them and then you it's, throw them right you in the draft trash. draft them and if they don't come over, you snatch their families. <laughs> That's kidnapping, awesome. We can't do that don't anymore. Take it up with me. Take it up with R.C. Buford II. <laughs> R.C. Cola. All right. What else you got? He, while he'd been very, had, he's had a very he's successful had, mm-hmm. career with the Spurs winning five championships. And he won executive of the year twice. And he was recently promoted to CEO of the Spurs in 2019. Mm. He worked his way up. But let's count how many players Buford has drafted and tried to stash away to develop outside the NBA. He had a hit with Manu in his first draft in 99. Yep. Then, and then he had to- Tony Parker shortly after that. Two. But Buford has selected 19 different international players. Three, four, five, six. Okay. Yeah, you get it. Numbers. 17 more. With mm-hmm. only 11 playing in the NBA for any amount of time. And only six of them played for the Spurs at all, with only four of those playing significant time, which I'm counting as more than two seasons. Yeah, That's that a fair dis- stipulation, yeah. Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker were the only major contributors that Buford found overseas, while the rest were secondary pieces or ended up just being traded away or never showing back up. Wow. So 19. So, like, if that's a – if you assume an average of two picks a year Mm -hmm. and he uses every pick on an international player, that's a solid decade. Yep. Of ooh, That's like half his time. That's like – Oh, yeah. That's half his time. There are several drafts (laughs) where he drafts – like – he drafted an international player and traded him in the same like time before they even made it here. And then they never ended up making it to the NBA at all. And there and are like, a lot of really good international players out there that he could have, you know, exercised his, you know, preferences towards. Mm-hmm. Yes. Buford struck gold early on his early attempts, but as time has gone on, it's been a different stro- story for his draft strategy. And most of his picks just, aren't coming over to the NBA at all. Mm. You get nothing. Maybe he should just become like a uh, a football club manager. Mm. And that I, way he could just loan things. Yeah. I actually like, think he is in partially in charge of the FC Spurs. Oh, the Tottenham Spurs. No, no, no. <laughs> the FC Spurs in Austin. That sounds fake. There's, he's Tottenham. in charge of like... Full, no. Tottenham's not Austin. Adam... 
Tell me about soccer. Yeah, gap month. One day, or one month. Anyways, now that we've presented one of the worst moves in NBA history, we're feeling pretty comfortable and confident in presenting our own proposals for those GMs we believe need a little amateur help to make their professional decisions. Um, Westover, I'm going to have to kick it back to you because you've got this mad momentum rolling. And we're moving. I just, we're we're moving. No muss, no fuss. He's a out-of-control locomotive. He can't stop. I don't. I wouldn't want him to. <laughs> oh, boy. This week, my dear GM goes to the Knicks GM, <laughs> Scott Perry. First, the Knicks are fifth in the East. Only a half game out of Wait, fourth. You should, yeah, no, you should you should take a moment after that. Just say it the again. Knicks, say it again. The Knicks are fifth in the East. If the season ends now, they're in the playoffs. Unbelievable. Do, do they need a map once they're there? <laughs> I don't think the map would help. Them. I don't think they could find their locker room, Probably even not. if it was in their own building. <laughs> is this where I, I don't belong here? Guys, I don't belong They'd here. They'd be like, why is practice so late in the year? This year? What is happening? I'm normally on the beach by now. James Dolan's long gone. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, a, wait a minute. But the team defensively is top in the lead in points allowed. Probably. They're only allowing 104 points. Four points a game, mm-hmm. which is the best. That's not bad. And I'm a big proponent of the phrase defense wins championships. The phrase or the truth? Yes, absolutely. So you the believe truth. they're one and the same? Defense wins championships. In all sports? Most sports. <laughs> okay, what's the exception? Uh, golf. <laughs> no, I play a great <laughs> I play a very golf defensive game of golf. <laughs> When I was at the Masters, I would just run up and steal their balls no. before they walked up to the green. They try to swing, I throw my club at them. Uh, that Bubba Watson, he got it on the green off his drive, and I sprinted up and I threw it in the pond. <laughs> Not in my house. Not in my yeah, Augusta National, also known as Austin Egan's house. <laughs> the problem is for the Knicks, though, they take that phrase to mean defense will win you any game you play just good enough and straight by because. They have a bottom tier offense. They average one point one oh four point six points per game. Just enough. Which is bad for the modern NBA in case you <laughs> didn't know. Yes. There's only one team worse than them. Cleveland. Ugh, they're oh, so bad. Cleveland. Even Detroit's better? Uh yeah. Detroit's amazing. <laughs> At Jeremy offense. Grant. That's true. That's your whole team right now. It it is I almost did a trade uh, with you guys trading him away, but then S- I decided no, to we just signed him. Also, Sadiq Bey is looking pretty. Our rookies from this year, other than Killian Hayes, who's been injured for pretty much all of it, uh, a lot of Detroit. <laughs> Sadiq Bey is looking real good. No, and that's fair. Julius Randle's playing out of his mind this year. He's the only player on the roster with a salary cap above ten million. He leads the team in points, rebounds, and assists. So why not find a player to help take the pressure off of at least one area in there? Offensive juggernauts are going to be hard to find and hard to trade for without giving away too much because a lot of this team is young. So why not strengthen something you're good at and become great at it? Defense. It's widely known Cleveland is shopping Andre Drummond. So why not try try and acquire him on a, via trade? My trade proposal is this. The Knicks, they did Andre Drummond. That's it. That's all they want. That's all they need. Cleveland gets D. Rose, Nerlens Noel, and Frank 
Nilika. Nelly. Nitalakina. Nitalakina. Nilakina. Nilakina. guard. Yeah. Uh, from the Dennis Smith Jr. draft. Yeah, that was just. Mm. It was a weird with the. No, was, they somehow got both of them and they got rid of both. Of them. Yeah. Because Dennis Smith Jr. is now a, in Detroit, in right? Detroit. He came yeah. went over in the D Rose trade. Yeah, because they like put him to the G League and he was like, no thanks. He's like, you're, going to, you're going to have to talk me through this because trading yeah. away D, D Rose, he's doing I know they good. just acquired him and he's doing well playing a lot of minutes. But there has to be this many players going out of New York because of NBA rules pertaining to incoming and outgoing salaries. And all of these players are on the last year of their deals, clearing cap space beyond this season for both teams. D-Rose is really the only piece that hurts the Knicks to lose. Nerlens Noel is the backup center to Mitchell Robinson, and Frank has only played eight games this year. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. No, he's like that. So, he'll probably be out of the league. This way, they can get Imani quickly to play, get more minutes at shooting guard or point guard, and shuffle around some of them up there. So, a change of scenery for Nidalika for the NBA, as the Knicks would have liked to change the scenery and get a change of pace guard for Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. This helps both teams clear cap and conv- could convince Mitchell Robinson to stay in New York and help him improve his rebounding. Andre Drummond would be on a playoff contender, and it's something he's looking for at this point in his career as, well, Detroit and Cleveland. Yeah, not being that. Yeah, <clears throat> no, two of the worst. This will allow Julius Randle to focus more on the offensive side of the ball as Drummond beats everybody up down low. If your defense is dominant, even a bad offense can steal wins. Mm. That's interesting. I don't know how I feel about getting rid of D. Rose because he's offering them a lot right now. Um, Veteran leadership, right? Exactly. And I don't know how Cleveland feels about adding more guards because they're very guard heavy. But I don't hate it. Also, I'm interested to see Drummond with Randall. It's all very interesting. I don't hate it. So let's... But I hate you, so... Oh, the Westover, right? Everyone. Oh, good. That makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> All right, Josh, do you have a uh, Dear GM for us? Or... No, I decided to skip this week's assignment I, I was busy. I respect that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, my Dear GM this week goes out to Minnesota Timberwolves GM Scott Layden. Look, guys, it's rough out there. <laughs> At... At 7-28, and 28, you guys are literally Oof. last in the league. The only team you're chasing now is the 9-25 and 25 Detroit Pistons. Hey, although we could have the worst record and get the best odds for number one. And no pick we're going to end up with four. Seven. No, seven. Or Not eight. even four. four. No. Oh, four is Red Wings. That's happening yeah. to them. <laughs> yes, the 9-25 and 25 Detroit Pistons who are purposefully sitting Blake Griffin so that they can try to find a trade partner for him. Scott? I think you should be that trade partner. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Listen to me. Okay. Most of my trades are like, here, there's a contender here. They should add this piece to get even better. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> I like it. I am listening. My suggestion is this. Minnesota gets Blake Griffin. Detroit gets D'Angelo Russell and Ed Davis. Russell is on a three-year, $28 million deal. He's a decent player, but I personally don't think he's worth that kind of money. No. Uh, this way, you can pawn him off to Detroit while taking on Griffin and his two-year $36 million deal, which Griffin definitely is not worth either. Absolutely not. <laughs> but this season Everybody. is already a wash for you guys, and I can't imagine next year will be any different. No. This way, you can get rid of Russell's longer big contract while continuing your quote-unquote rebuild 
and writing out Griffin's last year of his bad contract. It hurts now, but hopefully this will help things get a little bit better. I think they could actually probably even finesse some picks out of Detroit. I oh, yeah, advise <laughs> my team to do such a thing. But I, you never know. And yeah. D'Lo, I don't know. Ever since he left he's Brooklyn, yeah. he just... I he's can, also hurt all yes. the time. And then, stopping uh, Golden State wasn't wasn't very productive. No. Mm-hmm. And then ever since Anthony Edwards has showed up, it's almost like, oh, do they even want you, yeah, Angelo right. Russell? It's interesting. Both you guys picked players to be traded, uh, centerpieces that I think might just end up getting bought out. <laughs> right. I think <laughs> yeah. so. Both, those are like the two guys, and I think they might be the only two players in the league that teams are sitting. Yes. Even though they're Waiting. healthy, being like, we're trying to get rid of them. See, I <laughs> wanted to find a trade for either Drummond or Blake Griffin to the Lakers. He mm. could, you know, could use a big man with yeah. Anthony Davis Andy's out. Dead. But <laughs> none There's of no the cap money. Room. No, Lakers have all their cap wrapped up mm-hmm. in three players. Yes. Yes. And like, you can't trade any of them. No. <laughs> because then it's like, well, did you really get better? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's all a mess out there, but I'm not particularly fond. So I don't All right, know. what do you got then? Yeah. Well, this week my shout out goes to Phoenix Suns GM James Jones. No, oh, they're doing so what good. This I know. Year. I'm I so know. proud of them. Which is why first and foremost, <laughs> I have to apologize. Oh. Because in our first episode, I labeled them <laughs> as uh, having a ceiling of high-end spoiler. Mm-hmm. But now they have the second best record in the West and the second best record in the NBA in general. Yep. It's okay. you know, they, have, the, they have surprised everyone. The Chris Paul, they've surprised D-book. themselves. Well, McCall Bridges too is really coming out, mm-hmm. and he's getting like some. He's getting the second most minutes nice. behind D Book. Um, it's pretty crazy. But <clears throat> yeah, they have the second best record overall and in the West, just behind the Utah Jazz, which also insane. Awesome. Uh, Love it. While there's a lot of time left this season, a lot, a lot of time left, the season is looking more and more like a crapshoot. Like, mm-hmm. any team can win it <laughs> yep. at this point. Oh, yeah. None of the pout favorites before mm-hmm. are looking. The Clippers and Lakers are both like, I don't really want it. Yeah. not feeling it right and now. And like, the Heat and the, the Bucks this year have also oh, been, the like, Bucks so are streaky. So bad the Bucks right are now. weird. They just Nets. lost, like, five in a row. Honestly, it's the Nets. They got for, blown up by the Knicks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the Nets for the taking, but right. they have some real issues down low defensively. Yes. Like, And they have to go through MVP frontrunner Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Who's balling out tonight. Who's balling out. Even Giannis would yep. give them fits yep. because he's still big. Mm-hmm. And then if it's Anthony Giannis. Davis gets healthy, you know, there's yes. just a whole lot of stuff there. So it's really anybody's game at this point. Um, so while it's so unpredictable, why not go crazy? Shoot for the chip. Yes. All right, Phoenix, just go Shoot for, for it. the stars. Just Charles Barkley the hell out <laughs> of it. Um, one of your most glaring issues right now is lineup flexibility, specifically as it pertains to your front court and the center position. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has been offering consistency as the clear-cut starter, and Dario Saric has been a good substitute, but his presence in the lineup presents easy scoring opportunities in the paint. Aww. He's bringing some offensive production, but he's never he's been a, a liability. <laughs> yeah, like even in his Sixers days, he was mm-hmm. not a defensive player at all. And he's honestly, he's a power forward. He's yeah. a stretch four, not a yeah, not five. A not a five. Not a but they center. use him to kind of shake it up. Yeah. But this trade will fix that. So the name of the game is Defensive Flexibility. Um, so I'm going to propose the following. Phoenix, you will receive P.J. Tucker, and Houston will receive Javon Carter, Abdel Nader, and a 2023 second-round pick. Interesting. Okay. 
Here's the thing. Houston is headed into a rebuild. <laughs> They're headed into the abyss. <laughs> They're going straight to the abyss. And yet James Harden wants his love from <laughs> he them. He hey, they're going to retire his number. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Why retire the number? I, I get he had a lot of individual accomplishment, but he never even took them to the finals. No, I don't know. I don't, did they make the conference finals? I don't know off the top of my head. My inclination is to say I, no, but I think they did like once. I think once. Maybe once. It's... I mean, they almost beat the Warriors. <laughs> almost, and the Chris Paul's hamstring <laughs> exploded. Oh my gosh! Uh, I know they got some bad luck, but still, it doesn't make sense. Anyways, it's not about that. They're headed into a rebuild, and Tucker's on an expiring contract, and has been rumored to be shot by the Rockets because mm-hmm. he's older, and it's just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you could easily grab him in exchange for some low-level youth and a future pick. Uh, PJ Tucker can guard any position on the floor and knock down the corner three consistently and has plenty of playoff experience against high-end competition. So He's a good locker room guy, too. Yeah, great. Exactly. Good guy. Real great. good guy. He would add another strong veteran presence alongside Chris Paul that could carry your young squad through at least the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great move. It would give them... And they would have the option to make any lineup for right. any particular yeah. situation. PJ Tucker is a great just lineup a piece. really good yeah. defender. And... Can def- I mean, when you can guard the one through the five and hit the three, it's like you're, you're going to have a career right. and you're <laughs> going to extend your career for so long. Yeah, like which he has. Yeah, he, right? the best part of his career is like now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's my trade. Think about it. Go try and win a chip or something, or at least get to the finals. I, I think you can. Lo- I would love to watch. The that. West is looking pretty flimsy it's... right now, so I think they could at least make the finals. Mm-hmm. But Suns yeah. Knicks. Finals. That's disgusting. Let's go. And I love it. <laughs> and that's the pod. Uh, just a reminder if you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please remember to give us a like or a follow, maybe even a leave a review. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. We're on a bunch of stuff. All your catchers. Yeah. But in the words of former New Mexico State University basketball coach Weldon Drew, quote, we have a bunch of great outside shooters. Unfortunately, all our games are played indoors, unquote. He made a funny. I have to imagine he knew what he was saying. (laughs) I hope he was was just an idiot. But we have to play indoors. It's not fair. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And remember, this was mismanaged.